Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. To all the non-believers, how did that? To all the non-believers, anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all pro teams in the concrete jungle. Can't wait. And welcome to the Big Apple Sports Hour. I am your host, Matt Stopsky. The American Hero G will be with us shortly. Uh, he was actually in studio. I'm sitting right next to him. And then he got a call and he was like, yeah, I got to go. Uh, peace, buddy. And he left. So it's just me for the time being. Uh, but don't worry, we'll have uh, we'll have other people on today. We have a lot to talk about. The Met. Well, let's start mainly with the Mets and the Yankees because you know, I don't, I don't know what happened, guys. You know, I came back. And I I was in Charlotte for a long time, and I came back to the show with Greg and Astoria, and uh, you know, I was like, I don't, I'm gonna follow baseball again because there isn't any baseball in Charlotte. All we have is a night down there, which, granted, great team, great time, a little, you know, Triple A. So I was like, all right, I'm coming back to New York. I'm coming home, and I have to adopt a uh, a new baseball team because I was originally a Yankee fan, couldn't do it anymore, couldn't match those prices, decided to become a Mets fan. Ever since doing this, both teams have been absolute trash. And it's a real problem right now for anyone uh, who likes New York baseball. I don't like baseball in general because – Having the Mets and the Yankees in it is good for baseball. Uh, the Yankees obviously still are producing um, at least some headlines with Aaron Judge because that man is an absolute man-child. Absolute man-child. Uh, now, there's been a whole lot of home runs this last year. Uh, and it's, and he, he just broke DiMaggio's uh, rookie home run record for Yankees. And we just hit the All-Star break. Yeah, it's which is, you know, I want to, I want to dive real quick. I was going to talk more about Greg when he comes back, but he's, uh, he's off right now. Uh, Greg wrote an excellent article about how uh, called Chicks Dig the Long Ball. Excellent, excellent article. I'm not going to go too much into it right now because we'll talk about it when he comes back on. But you know, Aaron Judge really being in the face of this new uh, power-hitting league that we're seeing over the last three months, Obviously, it's not helping out the Yankees too much. The Yankees right now have, I think, lost 18 of the last 25. So the long ball is not helping out the Yankees. Somehow, some way, uh, they're still not out of it. They are uh, they're three and a half behind the Red Sox. So there's definitely time to catch up. But with everything we've seen, is there actually a way to be able to do that? Probably not. But you never know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But I want to talk real quickly about the long ball 
and its effect on the game of baseball. Obviously, my fondest memories growing up were was watching the McGuire Sosa home run, uh, which seemed like a boxing match. Mark would hit one, Sammy would hit one. Mark would hit one, Sammy would hit one, and it, and it was amazing. I, you know, I was a little kid at that point. The Yankees were in the middle of their dynasty. I could not care less about uh, Sosa McGuire before that season. And that just it made me a real baseball fan. Really, I mean, invested in the sport. Uh, and also we had the steroid scandal. Everything kind of just came to a dead halt. Uh, and we really haven't seen this kind of hitting in, in a long time. Obviously, we had the Bond stuff, but that's been super tainted. But obviously, Sports Center loves the, uh, loves the long ball. As my co-host, you know, Greg said, Schick's the long ball. Even I like the long ball. The long ball is excellent. Uh, it's one of the most exciting plays in sports, watching a ball fly out of the stadium. But is it really good for the game? I don't know. As Greg expertly put in his article, you know, right now everyone's talking about uh, you know, length of game being the biggest issue. And long balls are really not helping when it comes to length of game. But we'll talk about that later because the American here Lots just ran – yeah, just ran back into the studio. Dude, the sprinter. What happened, man? You got to pee real quick. Yeah, yeah. I had to uh, had to take care of something real quick. Not exactly going to the bathroom, but uh, had to take care of something. Um, had an important phone call to, to take. I don't want to talk too much about it right now because we've got some uh, New York sports to talk about. So, so where are we at? What what have you been opening the show with? And and I know I didn't get I didn't play our intro music and and whatnot here. Uh, yeah, I'm the worst, but you know. I'm sure you picked it up pretty well. Yeah, you know, listen, I was at a really buying time until you uh, you came back to the studio. But uh, you know, we talked talk a little bit about the Yankees and how it's just absolute garbage right now ever since uh, trying to follow baseball again. Now, they were doing good before I came back. and they. Uh, this is all your fault. I blame you. It, it is. It's absolutely my fault. Do you want to you sell the show and what's happening up in the next hour and a half, hour or so? Uh, it says hour and a half in the corner. Maybe we're going to, 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 to uh, 1 2 o'clock today. Who knows? No, no. The reason I the reason I do that is because I, um, you know, usually it's a hard out at at an hour. You know, and we're like scrambling to get out. So I like to kind of give us a little extra time so we can really properly, you know, wrap up the show at an hour. This is just me being and, the American hero and, and thinking ahead. This is why he's the host. He thinks ahead. He knows what's happening in the show. I don't know what's going on. I was just talking about nothing for the last ten minutes. If you didn't come back, we were going to start talking about movies soon. Who knows where we would have been, but you're back. So, What's, what's your favorite show, sports movie, by the way? Uh, Moneyball. Yes, look at you. I'm very proud of that answer. I, was, I didn't yeah. ever think you were going to say that. No, I, listen, I love Moneyball. I think, uh, you know, I I'm not, wasn't the, huge, the biggest baseball fan when it came out, but I thought the way that they told that story – and uh, Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt's acting were, were just absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff about a, a general manager being up against the wall trying to build this team and, you know, really at, with nothing. Because you know, everyone loves to talk about, like, if I was a general manager, I'd build my team this way. Especially in baseball, unless you have, like, one of the top few payrolls, you don't have that kind of fancy drafting stuff that, like, the Yankees and the Red Sox do. He had to make his own way, his own algorithm – uh, or what Jonah Hill did, uh, to create a contending team. I thought that's just absolutely awesome. I love that movie. I think it's great. It, dude, I mean, 
I, I love that movie too. That's probably one of my favorite sports movies. That and Glory Road are, are two of my favorites. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. It's a basketball movie. Um, but you look at speaking of Moneyball. I mean, you look at what Billy Bean was able to do with this Oakland A's team, and and you know, obviously losing Jason Giambi and losing Johnny Damon and whatnot. They had to replace a lot of production there. And you know, I. When you're watching the movie, I, I don't think it does – the movie doesn't do this team justice because they, even without Giambi and even without – man, they had a stacked squad. I don't know if you've ever gone back and looked at their roster from 2002, man, but it's it's a good roster. Yeah, man, no, it was a sick roster. But, uh, yeah, what, what they did in Oakland was amazing. Obviously, the Browns trying to uh, – the Cleveland Browns trying to – capture some of that magic as they hired Paul uh, DePosta, who obviously, if you don't know who he is, he's the guy that Jonah Hill played. He's the actual guy. They changed his name in the movie. Uh, but yeah, Paul DePosta. DePosta yeah, I'm not going to actually say his Paul name. Paul DePodesta. Right, whatever. Whenever he actually wins he was a Mets guy. season, yeah, whenever he wins a season in Cleveland, I'll get his name right. But until then, he's Paul DePosta. Because who cares? He had one win last year. But, uh, yeah, the Browns, obviously, maybe not working out so well in Cleveland. But then again, nothing really works out in Cleveland. So, good. But anyway, no. yes, Moneyball, favorite movie, Jonah Hill. Love – listen, anytime Jonah Hill's fat, I love it. Oh, it's great. You can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with fat Jonah Hill. He's, he's, like, skinny Jonah, skinny Jonah Hill just doesn't make sense to me. No, it's, it's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. It throws no, everything not off. at all. But, I mean, you, you look at this rotation that they had, Matt, like Zito – Hudson, Mulder, Aaron Harang, uh, Corey Lytle, rest in peace. Uh, you know, these guys, three out of their – or four out of their five were, were 26 and younger. You know, Zito was 24, Hudson was 26, Mulder was 24, Aaron Harang was 24. And, and it's kind of funny that, that Hudson was the oldest one out of those four, but he was the one who kind of stayed around the longest in, in Major League Baseball. Mulder got hurt. Zito went to the Giants, got a huge contract, and really was never the same, and now is just singing country songs. Uh, and Tim Hudson was really a, a battler for the Atlanta Braves for a long time after that. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I, what, what they did with that roster and how they built it back up was, was insane. Uh, however, once you start getting to the specifics and the details of the actual sport, I'm, I'm lost. So let's uh, <laughs> at least back in no, 2000, 2003, Oakland, not, I don't have the strongest opinion of, uh, but uh, I just love that movie. Yeah, great movie. 96 to 03 Yankees, I can talk a lot about that. Uh, or, you know, yeah. that one year that the Mets were good. But outside of that, I, I, once we escape the New York, once we escape the East Coast bias, I, I, I lose it. East Coast by bias, way, one of the greatest shows in, in, OK, in uh, WQK history. By the way, shout out to Eric Bowe and Matt Cohen. How is Matt Cohen? Are you talking yeah. about the guy in forever? I miss that guy. Uh, He's on Barstool Sports. Yeah. Years. Was he? Yeah, he was doing the, the one-bite challenge. He was holding the camera for the guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know what? I think I did actually see that. Um, you know, I, I, I pass him every once in a while at, at MLB. I used to go that way. Uh, it used to be the long way. I would come in into work at MLB, and he's in the social media department. So I would pass right by him, and, and usually I'd give him a head nod, or I'd walk in and say hello to him. But um, he's doing good, man. I mean, I think he wants to kind of progress from social media, but he's got a job, and he's working at MLB, so it could be worse. Yeah, good for Eric Bow. I have no idea what Eric Bow's doing. I keep on texting that kid, and he gets back. That guy gets back in like a day and a half, maybe later. Of uh, when Isn't I he engaged now? He's something. I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
him. He's engaged. I don't know. The world's weird right now. We want to talk about the show because we had someone coming on later. I think in like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Dan Yanoski will be joining us uh, from Double uh, G Sports. He's the lead Met writer. He'll be jumping on. And, and he's actually, this is a treat. Uh, he's actually down in Miami where the All-Star Game festivities are going to be taking place. So we'll touch on uh, those things with him. I don't think I don't know if he went to the Futures game uh, the other night, but I know he was down there. He was on the last road trip with the Mets uh, in St. Louis. When they were in St. Louis, he was there with the team for uh, two games, I think the, the first two games of the series. And now he's down in Miami kind of covering the All-Star game, which is kind of cool, and he'll be going to the All-Star game. I think he's going to go to the Home Run Derby tonight. And how do you feel about this this format? That, that And I'm, I'm going to ask, we'll ask Dan about it, but how do you feel about this format that they have right now where they're pairing – uh, guys together and they put them in a bracket do you like that because they've been trying to figure out a different way to make this new and exciting i don't care <laughs> it's uh <laughs> i i want to be mean at that but it's the home run derby i don't care you know it's, it's dude i like the home run derby i, I think it's awesome uh, why man do you not just see what happened in june it, i've already seen the home run derby it's been going for the last three months yeah, true. This, this true. Thing, but, but but now yeah, they, yeah, hopefully no, the these balls. Yeah, hopefully these balls will go even farther than we've been seeing in the regular season because they've been traveling at a a substantial rate. And I heard you talking a little bit about that um, as I was coming back on. But you know we'll get into that after the Nianowski interview. You know what I I think they should do. And and here was here was my thought as my computer just resets itself. So this is this is awesome. So we're gonna have to wait on Yanofsky as he is getting there. This is what happens when you don't have Apple products, as people always like to tell me. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I, I currently well, can't see you anymore. That's okay, but I, I can see you. You know, that, that's, that's better. Okay. That's all really matters. I can see your cute face. Um, but, yeah, listen, I'm not sure Here's, how much further these guys can hit things out. Now, was Judge going to hit one into orbit at this point? Well, no, no. Here, here, I wanted to throw an idea out at you. This was kind of, I think, a cool idea that Major League Baseball, if they want to spice up the home run derby, maybe they should do it like this, kind of like boxing does. Do, do different, you know, different weights in the home run derby. You know, pitchers will be the lightest weight. You can have pitchers matching up in the home run derby. Then you can do, like, the next weight up will be, like, shortstops, like little second basemen who don't really hit that much. And then you kind of progress from there until you get to the heavyweight division. You have, like, four different divisions. And I think it would be cool. And, and I know some pitchers have talked about being in the home run derby and, and who cares if you screw their swing up because they're not trying to swing anyway. They're just, they're pitchers. All they, all they should care about is pitching. So I think that would be kind of a cool format for major league baseball to do kind of get these other guys involved in a home run derby uh, that you don't normally see. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'd be cool with that. I was like, can I just watch like an hour of a Cologne hitting home home run? Uh, I'd be totally okay with that. I'd, I'd That's what I'm that saying. Like you, anything else. What, what, some in. of these pitchers, some of these pitchers, I mean, in batting practice, they have some good swings, and they, they crush baseballs, you know? Like, I know no, Ichiro yeah, Suzuki in batting practice, he can turn on a baseball really well. So, I mean, why not just lob them in there to, to, to these guys and see what they got? You know, I think that would be fun. That would be different. That would be kind of something that would impress the audience a little bit and maybe kind of drive more interest for Major League Baseball. That'd be great. Like a, like a lightweight tournament. Get these, uh, these yeah. contact hitters and the pitchers in so we can uh, have a ridiculous show of, of, of home runs. I'd be cool. Listen, I know Jose Reyes can turn the ball, uh, which he used to be in his prime. He used to 
Like, he would hit like five home runs a year, but every every single one we would crank to like the top right corner of uh, of Shea. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Oh man! When he, would, he, when he would turn on it, it was it was amazing. Um, yeah, but, yeah, uh, and for both sides of the plate. But we do have Daniel Asi on the line. I know Greg, your computer's a little messed up right now, but I'll answer the call because that's why I'm here. I can do these things. So uh, let me go Beautiful. bring him on. Hey, Daniel, there. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, man. Daniel, speaking with uh, Matt Stopke and Greg Larner, the big sports hour, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm just here on a beautiful, sunny day in South Beach waiting for the home run derby tonight. Yeah, just rub it in. <laughs> that, 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 that sounds lovely, man. How's, uh, how's the trip going so far? Not bad. Stopped by St. Louis uh, before and then took a small trip down to Miami. Uh, have, I saw Cal Ripken Jr. at the hotel today, so let me tell nice. you, he's, he's one big guy. Let me tell you, that's something. Yeah, I, I would never have you seen that. Uh, you, know, you don't think big guy when it comes to baseball, but then again, you know, I, that makes sense. What do you mean? You look at CC, yeah. you look at you know David Wells, these guys are huge. You well, more two of the David guys. <laughs> more athletic than David Wells and CC Sadathian, I would say. Maybe a little bit. All right, Dan. So you're down in in South Beach. You're at the All Star Game festivities. Let us know what 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 festivities are you actually going to be attending this weekend or this week, I should say. Well, I'll be at the Home Run Derby tonight. I'm gonna actually. I just found out today that I'll be sitting where in left field where all the home runs will hit me in the face. Awesome. Perfect. I would want a glove. And then I'll be I didn't I didn't even bring a glove. I didn't even know where I'd be sitting. So that was that's that's a jabroni move by me. <laughs> uh, Why don't you just don't go talk to Michael here. Conforto? Go talk to Michael Conforto uh, and let him let, let him have you borrow one. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have one of You guys are available. boys. He is. He's my boy. Kofo is my boy. I know. And then uh, tomorrow I'll be at the All-Star Game, uh, including all the festivities around it with the players and alumni and all that. Are you actually going to the All-Star Game? Uh, yes. Perfect. How do we get How these tickets, man? Do I talk to Greg or something to get these All-Star Game tickets? This- I feel like I'm left out right now. <laughs> it's not what you know until you know. That's that's the old saying. I know. There you go. There you go. Dan, then get me in. <laughs> I can I try. We'll, we'll work some now. <laughs> oh, now, now you got me interested. Yeah, man. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll bring, I would have brought a glass. I would have been like your uh, security man. Gotta make sure I keep you safe so you can type your article. Because no, no. what would Double G be without your article? I don't, I don't know. No, I, I would keep you safe. Next year we'll talk about this. I'll bring a glove. I'll be your uh, home run security guard. That sounds like a good job. I don't know if that pays much, but uh, we can try to work that out. So, man, if, it, if it gets me into if it gets me into the home run derby, we'll count it as payment. Just yeah, uh, just payment, food, and beer. He'll be happy. Oh, beer, definitely. Using beer or food would be excellent. I'll yeah. give you some Modelo. Ah, this, this, this deal is getting sweeter and sweeter as, as we're talking about 
All right, well, Dan, let's move to the home run. Uh, let's move to the home run derby right now. And Matt and I were just talking about different uh, situations and w- ways you can spice the All Star game up and the home run derby up. Do you like this current format that they have, where they're pairing guys together and they're putting in a bracket format? I like that part of it. I don't like the timing aspect. Uh, two years ago, they get tired out players. It's a lot easier this format, in my opinion. Uh, the home run derby in general get players tired out, but having four to five minutes to go on this, I feel like with like a 45 second break, I think that's a little too much for the players. I think that uh, not rushing it is perfect. I like the original cut out format that they had. Unfortunately, can't do much about it unless you protest about it, but I don't see that happening. But it, it has created a lot of fun moments. So I'm willing to give it a shot, especially this year with all the power talent that we have. Is there any matchup that you're intrigued about here uh, in the home run derby, looking at the first round matchups? Obviously, because we don't know what we're going to get moving past that, but just looking at the first round matchups. And for those of you who don't know, it's number one ranked Giancarlo Stanton versus number eight Gary Sanchez. Number four, Mike Moustakis versus number five, Miguel Sano. Number two, Aaron Judge versus number seven, Justin Bohr. And number three, Cody Bellinger versus number six, Charlie Blackman. Which of these matchups are you most excited about seeing tonight? Uh, Blackman and Bellinger and Stannon and Sanchez. Uh, Stannon versus Sanchez is interesting because Sanchez has only 13 home runs. Like Logan Morrison said, I don't know why he's in the derby, but if you've seen his uh, power over the past two seasons, you can understand why he's there. I think momentum could be on Sanchez's side. Den can hit a billion miles away home runs, but that won't matter if he's tired because he just hit two home runs yesterday. I think Sanchez can surprise everyone. And in regards to Bellinger and Blackman, two hottest teams in baseball, the Colorado Rockies and the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Bellinger, we know can hit for power. We know can hit for consistency. And Blackman is having an MVP-type season. So I expect him to bring his A game during the Derby. Let me make a case about the other two matchups, too, because those obviously are, are very interesting matchups. But you look at the 4-5 matchup in, in Moustakis and Sano, and, and those are two big, burly third basemen over there that are going to be slugging it out. I'm, I'm excited to watch that matchup. And then with Judge and Bohr, I mean, we've seen what Judge can do to baseballs. He's going to absolutely crush a bunch of them in Miami. But with a home field advantage, be a little bit too much for the number 17, Justin Bohr. I'm excited to watch that as well. I can't believe we're breaking down the home run derby like this. But let's get into the New York Mets right now. Because that's who you know best. That's who you've been covering. The Mets eight games back or eight games under 500 right now. It's all bad for the New York Mets. And um, what direction do you think this team should go in the second half? Well, they have a lot of trade talent. Uh, they have a lot of trade prospects to give away. They have Randerson, Bruce, Duda, especially. I think Duda can be a fantastic trade ship. Who knows? Maybe the Yankees might want him considering their first base issues they've had recently. Uh, Addison Reed is also a good trade prospect. If that can survive uh, coming out of the break, they face Colorado coming out. If they can hold on to that series, continue having a great two weeks, 
two weeks is all they need. Two weeks is the point where we'll see if they're sellers or if they're contenders. Really, you said they do you still have a chance to be sellers? Uh, I mean, if you got me to be the buyers at this point, because for really for both of your teams, it's been really bad in the last you know four or five weeks of, of baseball. It's been, been just very very poor. I thought at this point the Mets would have to be sellers, and the Yankees would probably be you know, probably hold hold steady to their their prospects. But you think there's still a chance for the Mets to do something this season? Hey, you gotta believe, don't you? Not that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in 2018. That's what I believe in. Well, I believe it's always I believe in next year. Yeah, I mean, I was at the past two games, uh, not yesterday's game in St. Louis, but the other two games, the first and second one in St. Louis, and the first game which they won, which I was so happy for because I've never won a game that I traveled to, and. When they won it, so you're the bad luck charm. Yes, that is basically it. Yep. Uh, um, but I saw a lot of good things from them, and then when they lost the next game, I saw a lot of bad things. One, they need bullpen. Now, if Matt Harvey can ever return, do whatever he can, if he can return to Dark Knight form, I think he would be a great addition to the bullpen. Montero has actually done a okay job uh, in all the pitchers after. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Dan, what did you do, man? You activated the Kevin Hart. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. My worst nightmare, Kevin Hart. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, but you go back to what you were saying before, Greg, or I mean Kevin Hart. It really interrupted you talking about. I mean, he just had year. to. He had to. He had to. He had to chime in with the uh, with the Miguel Mont or the uh, Montero comment there. I yeah, not like Miguel. Greg, he's he's no longer in the big leagues. Awesome, man. I feel like uh, Greg's a very salty Met fan right now. I think uh, I think Greg needs a hug. Greg really needs a hug. It's been a very hard season for him as a Met fan. Um, you know, and I think for a lot of Mets fans, a, a lot more was expected this year from them uh, than what we got. Obviously, you can't predict the number of injuries that they had, but yeah, this has been very bad. Would you agree, Dan? This is definitely not living up to the expectation we had in the preseason. I definitely agree. Uh, seems to be the theme of every Mets season, but from what we've seen over the past two seasons, they have turned it around and they have proved us wrong. I have a question in regards to the trade for both of you. Who would the Yankees give up for Lucas Duda? Who would the Yankees give up for Lucas Duda? I don't know, Greg. Do you think they would even make a trade for Lucas? Or are the Yankees also kind of eyeing Well, first first of all, Dan, you got to get to a, a better spot because your your connection is – is, is or you're freaking you're in the wind or something like that. I just put you on mute for a second because that was uh, that was rough beach, to listen man. to. He's on the beach. I know. I know. Now. But go go into go into like the the, the first aid station or do whatever you got to do to get out of the the wind. But until I'll answer this question, and I'll bring you back on. But what what would the Yankees have to give up? I mean. I, I don't I, – obviously, the Yankees aren't going to look to part with any of their big prospects. Not, neither should they for Lucas Duda. 
he hasn't been anything special so far this year. And we've seen Lucas through to be very streaky over the last couple of years. And, and obviously when in his tenure with the Mets and he really hasn't hit that streak where he can carry us for a week, two weeks at a time where he's just hitting 400 and has 12 home runs in that span. Um, you know, we haven't seen that out of Lucas Duda and we usually get it. And uh, we got it from Granderson. We, we got the hot streak from Granderson. That's come, but Honestly, I don't. I don't know what the Yankees would would even be willing to give up. I mean, is it is it the fact that you know maybe the the Mets and the Yankees trade struggling players? Maybe the Mets give up Lucas Duda and the and the Yankees give up Chase Headley to kind of give us a third base option because the Mets really haven't had that. You're back, Dan. Well, yeah, I uh, tried finding a good spot for you guys. Hopefully, this works. Um. I think well, Grandy. I can think that the Yankees can have a reunion with him. Uh, Headley, I don't. I don't want anything to do with that guy. He, I don't uh, either. But I'm just thinking, like both these guys are struggling. Maybe that's something you you end up doing. I I definitely can, uh, can understand that. Uh, it's it's a different. It's a, yeah, sorry. It's an interesting trade market. Uh, I know that Yankee fans want to give up Ellsbury, but there's no room in the outfield unless you give up. Uh, Granderson or maybe even Bruce, but I prefer Bruce at first base and trade Duda away. You could do that. I mean, anything's possible. You never know uh, with this season how it goes because Duda, when he's hot, he's hot. When he's off, man, he's he's unwanted by any team in baseball. Yeah, yeah I, just, uh, I just don't think it would be – I just don't think it'd be a smart move for the Yankees to make a trade to do it at this point. Because the Yankees are fully invested in 2018, it seems like. Now, although, yeah, they can make a run. Uh, the highest they could go is, what, maybe one and done in the playoffs? It, it wouldn't be. I just don't see them being being buyers at the at the deadline. The Mets, though, yeah, I could definitely – I don't think the Mets, though. The Mets, it's not like this team is bad for the Mets. It's just they had a lot of injuries. And I, I don't, I don't think he should be a seller because of this, because of injury issues. I think you should try to keep this team, at least the ones that you think are going to be around next year, who aren't going to hit the free agency market and leave. I would try to keep those guys around because, you know, we thought this was a playoff caliber team just three months ago. I definitely, I can see that the Mets have the opportunity if they're willing to pull the trigger. That's the ultimate question. Uh, like I said, two weeks is the span I'm giving them uh, to turn it back. And if two weeks are up and nothing good comes from it, then we might as well just uh, sell, sell, sell. Okay, well, here's my next question because, you know, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about this guy and, and Ahmed Rosario. When is the right time to kind of bring him up? Reyes has started hitting again. You you just mentioned two more weeks, and if they can't turn it around, then you sell and then you're thinking get Rosario up here because he played in the Futures game. He did go 0 for 2, but he said he's 100% ready for the majors, and it just seems like he's chomping at the bit and ready to go. I mean, the 21-year-old right now, he's hitting 327 with a 365 on-base percentage um, and slugging 474. Uh, he's, he's got seven home runs, 52 RBIs, and 16 stolen bases so far for AAA Las Vegas. What do you think – when is the right time to bring this kid up? Should they have done it in, in, in the second half of the year? When do you think they do do it? Well, I think when Reyes was struggling initially, they should have brought him up. And when Cabrera was out originally. Uh, however, 
Sandy Alderson is adamant about keeping him down in the case of they don't want him to be a part-time player. They want him to be a full-time. And Reyes, from what I've seen and what I've read in the papers, has been mentoring uh, Ahmed just to uh, get him major league ready and to get all the advice he can give. And I think that in August we can see Rosario up. If not August, I'd say the beginning of September. But we should have the Mets should have uh, brought him up earlier. Yeah, it would have been uh, would have been nice to see. I wasn't a big proponent of bringing him up when you have Cabrera here, you had Reyes here, uh, and, and when you had Neil Walker healthy. That it was kind of a there was really no real need for him. Yes, I get the the infield defense wasn't what it was a year ago, so that's your case you could have made. And, and Med Rosario is supposed to be a good defender, and you want to bring him up and and kind of do that, but. You also don't want to bring him up and kind of unsettle the veterans that are up here that, that aren't playing poorly. Like, I mean, get Reyes was playing really poorly, but Cabrera was hitting. Uh, Walker was starting to hit before he got hurt. Uh, but, but now we're in the second half of the season and guys are hurt and you've got Cabrera over at second base. Bring Rosario up. I mean, we're eight games under 500. The worst it could do. I mean, at the end of the day, it can't do any worse than we can't do any worse than what we're doing. I did this with Conforto. I did this with Flores. Hashtag free, uh, free Rosario. And then if you trade Duda, then you're bringing, what's his name, up the first baseman? Dominic Smith. There you go, Dom Smith. And he's been actually producing recently. He's hit actual for actual power for the first time in a while. He's hitting doubles. He's getting on base. And I heard he's as a smooth glove, so... I mean, yeah. in that sense, he's better than Duda already. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I know you want to put Bruce over at first, but if our outfield is fine, I'm I'm okay with Conforto in center field. I really think Cespedes needs to get going a little bit because if the Mets are going to do anything, this guy has, has got to just take some time at the All-Star break, get away from baseball, or maybe work on some things and really get himself right for the second half because, I don't know, you saw him in St. Louis, man. He, he just kind of is – his swing just looks off. He just he looks like his timing's off or something's going on with him. Just like a Cabrera, I think Cespedes is playing hurt. And I think this break is perfect for them. If Cespedes can avoid golf out of all things, then I think we should be fine. He probably won't. But uh, Cespedes just needs to remain, uh, try to get healthy along with Cabrera. And if that's the case, then maybe he'll be refreshed by the time the All-Star break ends. All right, Dan, I got one last one for you. Again, we're talking with Dan Yanofsky, lead Met writer for Double G Sports. Do we or do we not? If, if say, the Mets come September are out of it, it's over, they brought up the kids, you know, whatever, do we or do we not see Mr. Tim Tebow come September? Oh, I knew you would ask this question. All right, let's break it down. Since, Break it down joining, uh, since joining Single A or Sports St. Lucie, Tim Tebow, I believe, has uh, gone on base in 13 – like, he's been on base 13 out of 13 times. He's been a hitting machine for them. So I am against Tebow in the major leagues unless he can actually produce. Uh, and from what we, I've seen, he actually is doing something, but I'd like to see him in the AAA – or double-A level, something to further prove that he can belong with 
real major league pitching. And I have a sick feeling in my stomach that we'll be seeing him in September. And who knows? Maybe he can prove me wrong. Con McGregor's proved me wrong over the years. Uh, Flores proved me wrong. Everyone proven me wrong, except maybe a few individuals or a few teams. And I guess I'd be willing to see uh, Tebow up here, and I can guarantee by late September we can see Tebow up trying to save this team like only he can. Like only Mr. Tim Tebow can. And, and you know what? It's not about him being able to face Major League Pitching. It's about giving the fans something to come to the ballpark for and, and to buy tickets late in the season when all is basically said and done for this 2017 Mets season. I think that's what it's more about. And if you're figuring you're going to be competing within the next five-year window, this might be the perfect time to just bring Tebow up and just let him get a taste of, of being a major league player. And it doesn't mean he has to play, but he can be there. Tebow creates ticket sales. That's, that's the best uh, thing he's known for. He's, he's great for drawing attention. So if you want, to, even if he's not going to play like you said, him just getting people to come to the stadium is, I guess, good enough for me at this point. There you go. We need something to look forward to as Met fans. Dan Yanofsky, lead Met writer for Double G Sports. Thank you for taking some time out of your vacation time down there in Miami. Enjoy the Home Run Derby and all the All-Star Game festivities. I appreciate it, my man. Thanks, guys. Hope uh, hope you enjoy it uh, when you're watching. Thanks, Dan. There he goes, Dan Yanofsky. Like I mentioned, the lead Met writer for Double G sports and if i'm not mistaken you can follow him on twitter at daniel dan yanofsky on twitter that's it at dan dan yanofsky so it's, it's nice and simple uh, to find him on twitter if you'd like to find either of us on twitter it is at m stopsky and at glarn34 i never i always get your instagram and your and your twitter mixed up because it's they're different see i'm I'm nice and easy matt i go i go same instagram same twitter you have to switch things up on me and make it hard why do you have to make it hard on because i think i made instagram like years ago and i used mstopsky and i haven't used it since and then i made another one i couldn't use the old one it was it was a bunch of crap but either way i had to make two different ones so it's mstopsky on twitter mstopsky75 on instagram but then again if you're a sports fan, you want to follow me for sports stuff. My Twitter's where it's at. Instagram is mainly my dog, and my wife. So, um, there you go. You, you you can still follow me. It's just you know you might not get what you're looking for, or maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know you, so you just do what you want. But you can follow also our shows on Twitter at Sotsky and G. You're on Facebook at Sotsky and G Podcasting. We are literally everywhere. Literally Everywhere. every single place that you could ever want to be. So, uh, so we now we've got about 20 minutes left. We'll talk some, uh, some Jets and Nets. We'll talk some Jets and Nets. Well, how about, I, want to talk, I want to touch a little bit on this, this article, you know, now that we were, uh, that, that, that we oh, were yeah. still on the baseball side of things. I know you had mentioned it a little bit before I got back on after I had to step out for a second. Um, but Chicks digging the long ball. What, what's your take on it? I know you are edited the article that I wrote. Um, I'll share my, my take on it, but, but what did you have to think about this whole concept of, of baseballs flying out at a crazy pace 
three for Major League Baseball in this 2017 season so far? Well, first of all, your article was excellent. Well, I'll put that out there right now. Very, very rarely that I actually enjoy baseball articles. That was really good. Uh, but, yeah, you made a lot of great points, uh, not just with uh, the, the number of balls going out, the science behind it. If you kind of, you kind of dug into the conspiracy theory a little bit. Uh, you really did a whole, it was really a well-rounded article. You really touched all the bases. Yeah, you know, ah, baseball. But, uh, so but anyway, see. yeah, but anyway, I, I thought it was, you asked some very interesting questions. You asked, A, is it a conspiracy within baseball? B, is it good for the sport either way? Um, and you, I know I'll let you give your take, but for my take, is it a conspiracy in baseball? Uh, probably. I don't know. Baseball's pretty shady. Would it, would it surprise you? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but really all it comes down to, is it good for the sport? And like I mentioned in my monologue, the best time I had watching baseball as a fan just in a baseball sense, was the McGuire-Sosa home run boxing match, pretty much, where they go back and forth to each other. Mutual respect, love for the game. Austin McGuire ended up uh, taking over Maris's home run record, and, and, and it, was, oh, it was amazing to watch. Um, but that's a long time ago. You know, that was, was 20-plus years ago now at this point. Um, or actually, I think maybe 20 exact at this point, maybe 19. Where it, it was long ago. I couldn't drive yet. So it was very, very, very long ago. Um, and sports have evolved since then. Uh, we like our sports to be quicker. We don't want to spend four hours at a game, uh, at least four hours during the game. Obviously, tailgate doesn't really count, but it's a long time to sit in the seat and watch a game. Uh, and I think for, for baseball right now, the, the biggest issue is trying to cut down the time of the game because where they're losing young audiences, they're losing millennials, they're losing people in their 20s, 30s uh, who, who don't – because, no, baseball can be really boring at times. As I said, if you played hockey, Greg, the American hero nickname would have not been born because there's so much downtime in baseball. I could create nicknames for you. But if it was hockey, yeah, that's fast pace. You're going, 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 going. Baseball, there's just so much time in between. And, you know, I think I don't want there to be no home runs, but, you know, you hit a home run, it takes 45 seconds to a minute, but they got to walk around the bases. Then we got to celebrate. Then we have four different replays. Then the pitcher yells at himself, and then the manager comes out, talks to the pitcher, and the catcher talks to the pitcher. And it's like a, pretty much like a, a corporate conference call. And then the next pitch gets thrown seven minutes later. That's not good for the sport. It is not good for it to be having a record pace like this when they're trying to work on um, – on, uh, on cutting down the time, and, and God forbid, it's a controversial call, and they have to go to the monitor. They have to see if it actually went out or not. Then the umpires have to talk around and talk about how nice their shirts are. Then they have to go back to the manager and explain to them. They have to yell at them, kick dirt at them. There's just so much in baseball that's not actually baseball. And that's the problem I have with, with the home run. There you go. First of all, if I was playing hockey, there was no way I would be the American hero. I would be the Canadian Canuck or something along those lines you probably would have came up with. Uh, because if I'm playing hockey and it was at Plattsburgh, you can probably bet that I was getting imported from Canada and was going to be about a 28-year-old freshman. So yeah. I, I don't even know if we <laughs> if we would have even been friends or whatnot. But um, in terms of home run and pace of play, that's, that's one of the big things that I mentioned in my article. And, and there's – Baseball's at a critical critical juncture right now because they've done a lot 
to stop PED use. And you'd mentioned one of the favorite times growing up watching baseball was the Sosa McGuire boxing match that they had back and forth, back and forth. And this guy hits one this day. This guy hits two this day. You know, Sosa takes the lead. Oh, McGuire comes right back and he takes the lead. And then McGuire ended up kind of overcoming him. And we, we hadn't really seen that since Roger Maris and, and Mickey Mantle had gone at it uh, in that one year in, I believe it was in the 60s uh, or whenever they, they went at that battle. Um, so, and now baseball has kind of reached a point where, okay, the game's clean. And for those of you who haven't read the article, and uh, I talked on the, the PED use, and I don't think this jump in home runs has to do with PED use because that would mean that all these guys are taking some kind of miracle drug at the same time, and then they're all producing like this. Uh, in baseball, just last season, there was 8,281 random drug tested, conducted across all 30 Major League Baseball clubs and over their entire 40-man roster. So to me, I, I really don't think PEDs are behind the, the surge, but it could be a juicing of the baseball slash, okay, this is how the game is being played nowadays. And one thing that I mentioned in there, and I've done a lot of research, and I and I, I watched some videos about this because this has been a huge topic uh, of conversation in baseball over the last couple of weeks, and it's something that I never really had heard of. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I never heard of juicing a baseball, and that just wasn't something that anybody had really ever talked about. So I went and I dug up and I did some research, and and, and this is something I didn't put in the article, but I, I'll touch on it here with you now. That in the old days what they used to do the way that they constructed a baseball was they had the, the rubber pill in the middle and then they'd wound it up with wool and, and things like that. And they'd kind of cover it and that would kind of make your baseball that way. When the baseball gets hit, it doesn't dent. It doesn't, you know, do that anything. The wool kind of makes it spring it back into place. So the ball doesn't get dented and you can continue to use it. The more it gets, gets hit. But over the years, the tests that have been conducted on baseballs, Way back in the day when baseball first started, it was 100% wool at the core. And then they kind of you know, advanced the baseball, advanced the baseball a little bit more as technology got a little bit better. And then they started putting synthetic material in the core of the baseball there. So maybe that enhanced it just a little bit. But again, anything, just one of these things might not have anything to do with it. But if you put a lot of these little things together, whether it be you know the synthetic material in the core of the baseball or maybe shaving down the seams a little bit or reducing the hardness of the baseball or you put all these things together and that's going to make baseballs fly out of the ballpark. You put them all together. And even Justin Verlander came out and said that he felt that the seams were, were kind of shaving down a little bit, a little bit more than they, they usually have been. And that's a guy who's been holding a baseball for the last 12 years in the major leagues or whatever, whatever it's been. So if there's anybody who's going to know, it's probably going to be him because like he said, it passes the eye test and it also passes the field test. He's holding a baseball every single day for the last 10, 12 years, however long he's been in the major leagues. And you talk about the pace of pace of play and the whole run aspect. Well, major league baseball has got two problems. It wants people to get back into the stadiums and they do that by hitting a lot of home runs and, and getting a lot of offense because not a lot of people like to sit there and just watch a pitcher's duel because nothing's really going on. But at the same point, if you have a pitcher's duel, then the game's going quicker, and people like that. But if you have more home runs, then the game takes a little bit longer, like you outlined. You've got guys taking a minute to get around the bases nowadays with their bat flips and watching the balls and trotting around and, and whatnot, and then people taking exception to that, and then fights break out. And, and that's exciting to watch, but it takes time. 
And one thing that I that I, I noticed in my research was that Tom Verducci had said this, one in every three results is either going to be a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. Now, home runs don't take a lot, you know, a, a long time to, to, to develop. You know, obviously, you said the, you know, going around the bases and everything like that takes a little bit of time. But then you, you look at a walk and the money ball things, mentioning money ball that we talked about, that's taking pitches, that's being patient, that's seeing a lot of pitches, and also walks. You know, that takes a lot of time and strikeouts, take a lot of pitches where guys could be following things off. So to me, it's got to be Major League Baseball kind of messing and altering with the ball within the variance or the, the, the basically the margin of error, basically. And they, they add these little things together, and that just makes the ball fly, fly a little bit farther. Yeah, Sorry, that was a little bit I, long-winded I, there. No, it's fine, man. It's fine. I, I agree with you. I think this is Major League Baseball uh, messing with the balls a bit, and obviously they want uh, they want their their stuff to come up on on Sports Center. Now, when you're in the in the stands, if you're a baseball fan, it's not that bad. But when you're watching it on TV, it takes forever. It it does takes forever, especially especially in TV, which is such like a you know you have. On the most unlimited options of viewing now, whatever what you can watch on TV, yeah, I mean, sitting around for seven minutes for after a home run to get to the next pitch, that's that's so freaking long. It's like an eternity in TV time. Yeah, and, and it takes a real baseball fan to be able to sit there and watch a, an entire game start to finish, especially if it's not a, a close game. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed in, in coaching kids nowadays, and we talked about millennials and, and even the younger generations now coming up, that a lot of these a lot of these kids don't have the attention span to sit around, like we mentioned, and watch a game. And I think that really hurts their development and their growth as baseball players because they do all this practice and things like that. And they, they become very mechanical, and they don't really learn the insides and outs of the game by watching and being a student of the game. They just want to play their video games, which take, you know, a half an hour to play a game or whatever, uh, you know, which is quick. And that's what they want. And they don't want to sit there and watch a game and, and look at, hey, you know, on a, on a double, you know, where is, the, where is the second baseman going? Where is the shortstop going for the cutoff? And is the first baseman supposed to trail and, and, and pick up the play at second base and cover second base because he knows that the second baseman has got to be the piggyback guy for the shortstop? And, and where does the third baseman go on a cutoff here or there? And, and all this other stuff, where is the pitcher back up? They don't learn these things. They take them for granted. And I think it's really hurting the youth of the game right now because we don't have all that many kids that want to sit there and watch a game and really study it and, and, and be engrossed in it. Maybe. I, 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 you can speak more about that than I can because you've coached the sport uh, with kids. So. But I think at the same time, it's, you know, I, I'm not sure it's going to hurt the work ethic of kids. You know, they'll definitely still – there'll be kids that put in time. Like, obviously, Aaron Judge didn't just become Aaron Judge because obviously he is, he is a physical freak. But, you know, he had to, to practice and he had to – That he is. You know, he had to really uh, fine-tune his, his, his play to get to where he is. Um, but I think it really hurts – I can at least speak for the viewer because that's what I am, I'm a viewer. Uh, it's really hard to sit through a game. Uh, on TV, it, it, it's really hard. Like, and, and even in the stands, you know, it can be if if you don't have a team that you're really interested in, or if it's a boring game, you you'll kind of fall out of it, and it sucks because you shouldn't. It's, it's, a, it's a great sport at its core, but there's a reason why sports center highlights of baseball games for like 30 seconds. That's how much interesting stuff happens in the game. Everything else, I don't know, the four well, hours to, to boring. The- to the casual fan, yes, they're, they're you know in a thirty second clip you can you can get the 
you know, the, the important stuff and the exciting stuff. But it, it takes somebody to really understand the game and, and, like, realize the little battles that go on throughout the game that kind of make up these big or small moments uh, that kind of will really impact the outcome of a game, not just a big home run, but maybe it was the pitch sequence that, that led up to that big home run or a guy taking, you know, an extra base on, a, on an outfielder that was kind of being lackadaisical to a ball or, or somebody not backing up a, uh, you know, yeah. throw and then it led to another I, base listen, runner. I, I, I get it. But at the same time, you don't see me televising chess. Yeah. The difference but between, the, you, you know, can't, can, you, you're comparing chess to baseball. Yes. Yeah, it, the same thing with chess. It's slow, methodical, planning things out. It's patience. Well, that's what guys do with speed chess which is more like football, but still, you know, the slow build of everything. That's, that's baseball at this point. It's slow. I can't believe you're there. comparing chess to baseball. No, I would compare baseball to sleeping at some points, but that's, that's what we have right now Ugh. in baseball. It's not We're not exciting. talking about soccer. At least the ball is always moving. At least there's no run. At least the yeah, but that's the problem. Going. The ball's always moving in baseball. Usually it's just right in the guy's hand. No, in soccer, it's, a, it's going soccer to a batter. There's, there's strategy. There, there, it's a war of attrition. It's not for the faint of heart. No one cares about the war of attrition when you're a viewer. No one cares. I guess it's, I guess it's as a player, if you're a casual you're a viewer, diehard fan. Yeah, well, casual viewers is what make you rich. You know, the NFL didn't. And that's why they're trying to figure out a way to uh, quicken up the pace of play. Yeah, well, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> they're doing it very poorly. I know, I know. They don't. They they haven't done it right. I agree with you there. I mean, they had this rule that they were going to implement a couple of years ago, where you know, it, unless you swung at a, at a pitch, you were not allowed to step outside the box. And they just haven't been enforcing that anymore. And that and that takes time. And you know, uh, I hate to say it, but like the amount of trips that catchers go out to the mound, it's absurd. Stupid. nowadays and that's just taking a lot of yeah it's just taking a lot of time i get why you need to do it every once in a while but you don't need to do it every four pitches i have an idea just give the catcher and the pitcher a cell phone just text it yo fastball <laughs> solid here we go that's it we just figured or out just, the whole just problem no more stealing have the manager time. excellent have the manager text both the pitcher and the catcher yeah Let's give them all Apple Watches. Steal. Cool. There you go. Got it. There we go. <laughs> I, I just figured out baseball. There we go. I just cut down the run time oh, by an hour. God. All right. You there had mentioned go. football, and I know you wanted to get into why you think the, the, the Jets tanking is going to backfire. So tell me about that. What's your thinking as far as the Jets go? Well, I guess here's my first take. The Jets suck. It's kind of a cold take. Uh, but here's, what, here's a hot hot take. Take. <laughs> what a hot take. The Jets are terrible. Hot take. Uh, that was a lukewarm take. <laughs> so a lot has been uh, a lot of people have been talking about the Jets and their their tanking philosophy uh, for this season. And people, a lot of a lot of friends that I have, a lot of fans that I know uh, who tweeted me talk about. Oh, let's play some message to Seventy Sixers in the basketball Seventy Sixers. Trust the process. Don't worry, we got this. We're gonna tank, and we got this. Um, and I. The first thing I told everyone was, everyone is, do not expect Sam Darnold to come out. The USC quarterback that everyone had their eye on. And I said, listen, he's only going to be a redshirt sophomore this year. And he has, he has a good chance over the next two years to win a title with USC. Why would he leave to go to Cleveland or New York? Um, 
which really is just no good. And people want to say, oh, well, he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid. In the NFL, your first contract is not the contract you get paid in. You get paid in the second contract. And if you go to a cancer or franchise, like the Jets or the Browns, you're probably not going to get that second contract. You'd rather wait, you know, as long as you can, do what you can in college. He's still going to be a top 10 pick no matter what. Even if he tears a leg, he'll still be a freaking top 30 pick. Let's look at what's happening in the draft. There's these guys who, who destroy their body, they're still picking the top 50. Uh, he has enough talent to be picking the top 10 no matter what almost. Um, and the news came out recently. Donald's not coming out, or don't expect him to come out, which means the Jets are now tanking for Josh Rosen. Now, yes, there's some other quarterbacks out there, Wyoming quarterback, Allen, um, people are saying Mason Rudolph or Baker Mayfield, and honestly, I don't think that's going to work out that well. But anyway, they are, the guy they already want to tank for is, not long, is no longer there pretty much. And I did some, some research because this is what I do on my free time. Uh, of the quarterbacks drafted since 2012, uh, not since 2012, the 2002, when the Houston Texans joined, uh, of the quarterbacks taken in the top 10, 4% have gone on to win the Super Bowl. 12% have been to the Super Bowl. And the 4%, which, you know, sounds probably higher than it is because there's only one quarterback, was Eli Manning. The quarterback, that they even, he didn't even draft him. He was a charger. He got traded to New York. Outside the top 10, 22% of the quarterbacks have gone on to a Super Bowl. Three of them have won. Why do you think that is? 7%. Because it shows you that great franchises don't tank. Great franchises reload. They don't tank. And the Jets showing me that they want to tank show me they're not a good franchise. And they will never get to the mountain. As long as they have this dumb idea in place that they can tank their way to a championship. You can't. You don't tank your way to a championship. You have to build a solid team. Now, if when you're building, you need a quarterback and one falls to you, excellent. Or you can trip to get one, awesome. But do not tank for one because it does not work out. It rarely works out for anyone, as we've seen statistically since 2002. Because honestly, no one wants to go get – Everyone wants to get their Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round. And realistically, even if people had found out that Tom was good, he probably still wouldn't have been taken to the third. Now, with the Jets and Sam Darnold, and I know there's been a lot of talk about him, and you're saying that he probably won't come out next year, so the Jets are tanking for basically, I don't know what reason at this point, they were going to try to get him. How Are you high on Darnold? in general anyways? Because I mean, I've, I've heard some mixed reports about that. You know, he may not be the guy. Do you think he should be like a number one or number two or number three or even a top ten overall pick? Honestly, I've not had enough time to watch his stuff yet. I know enough about him now that he's good. Uh, I know his mechanics need work. and I know he had a hell of a season for USC. I, I saw – I watched him as a casual viewer. I didn't sit down and break down his tape yet because uh, he was only a freshman last year. But he was good. He was solid. He did good work for, for USC. He turned them in from a, uh, an afterthought to a possible contender. And that only changed him. So something has to be said for that. But at the same time, these guys that have 10 good games in college are not guys you want to invest in the future. You need to see another year of production. 
if he comes out this year and he's awesome, then yeah, let's do it. Let's go get Darnold. But if he comes out and he hits a kind of a sophomore slump, like Hackenberg, like Locker, then maybe hold back a little bit. Because also, you never know if these guys, man, some of the best quarterbacks come out of nowhere. Cam Newton, obviously RG3, but he, his injuries killed that man's career. These top quarterback prospects sometimes come out of nowhere. I wouldn't plan a year in advance what quarterback we're going to take because that's just dumb. That you're, you're, that is, that's what makes bad teams and bad franchises. Oh, here's what Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com had to say when he asked coaches and uh, staffers about Sam Darnold. He said, when I asked coaches and staffers what stood out about Darnold, they each mentioned his humility and his willingness, his willingness to learn. He's, also, he's always asking questions, and he doesn't act like he has all the answers. So that's, that, that's a good thing, you know, that this kid is, is humble, it shows. And, and that's not a bad thing, that he wants to, he wants to learn, he wants to get better, um, and I, and I think eventually if he does stay an extra year at USC, I think it'll benefit him. And, you know, we'll kind of see what happens from there. But the last thing, you know, I wanted to mention just before we get out of here, and this is, again, why we, we pushed it a little bit longer than just the 60 minutes, is that I know we had a lot of things to cover, and I knew we were going to have a lot of things to talk about. Um, with the New York Knicks, which is New York Knicks, we'll just mention that really quickly. Their GM search is still ongoing. David Griffin, the former Cavs general manager, has pulled his name out of the hat. Uh, for the running of general manager after just a couple of days ago, it looked like he was going to be the next general manager of the New York Knicks. He, he sat down, I believe it was uh, with Steve Mills uh, to go over things. I believe it was on Friday night, this past Friday night, had dinner in New York city together. And, and then when they kind of brought it all to James Dolan, he said, I want to put my own people in place. And Dolan said, uh, no, this is my franchise. I do it the way I want to do things and you're not bringing your own people in here because I like having confusion and chaos surrounding me at all times. I don't, I don't want somebody who's going to be stable and who's going to be a, a positive influence on the Knicks. Or he was saying, listen, I can only have one team in, in the garden be good every year, and the Rangers are good right now. So, sorry, guys. Knicks have to suck. The Knicks have to suffer and suck for a little while longer. So, I believe it will end up being Steve Mills. I, I think when it's all said and done, it's probably just going to be him. They will probably just elevate him to president of basketball operations and give him the keys to the, the, the GM because that's who Dolan's comfortable with. And, you know, that, that's who he wants to run his franchise. And, and I, it just looks the way right now. And, and this, this also kind of reminds me of the Jets situation from a couple of years ago when they were looking for a general manager themselves, that none of these big-name guys – want to take the job because much like the Jets, the Knicks are a dumpster fire. And unless you severely overpay me, I'm not going to take this job. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll bite the bullet for everybody. I will take it. I think it should. A cup of milk. I got it. I think it should be you, me, and, and Sam Dusenberry, I think, should run the New York Knicks. We would never get anything done because we have such different approaches to basketball. We would be we would be our own dumpster fire. It'd be excellent. Hey, at least it would be cheaper option and it would make things interesting. Yeah, we'd still be talking about Joe Kim Nova versus Dwight Howard. Yes. Yes. When and, and we were both kind of wrong in that sense. I was probably more wrong than Sam was, but you know, Dwight can't seem to stick anywhere for more than one year and Joe Kim Noah can't seem to play more than thirty games in a season. So Yay basketball. Yay basketball! Ugh, it's 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 all bad. We have some new outro music, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get this uh, playing here and see if we'll see what it sounds like. I don't even know what it sounds like. 
Oh, this is like some lovemaking stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Not what you want to hear when you talk about the White Howard, but why are we supposed to do it? Uh, I guess, should we, should we exit on this? I think we have to. This is, this is good stuff. Yeah, and I, I think so. And, and No, no, I just, I turned it down a little bit because I felt like it was coming in a little oh, bit hot. Turn it up. Turn it up, man. It's, it feels right, like some love making music. I don't. It's it's kind of weird. I don't know if I like it, but we'll let it ride out. Yeah, man. Well, uh, if you guys, well, hey, thank you for all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us again, you can follow us at mstavsky75 on Instagram at mstavsky for me on Twitter at glong34 both Instagram and Twitter on Facebook at stavsky and g podcasting on, on Twitter at stavsky and g where we post all of our stuff. Stuff, not step, all of our stuff, uh, which, <laughs> which, over the last couple of years has grown from like one podcast to a thousand things. So, which is good. Um, so we'll have all all stuff there, all baseball, basketball, football, college football, uh, occasionally hockey. So we have everything there for you guys. And um, yeah, man, thank you for LG Sports for letting us come on. Always excellent. Uh, and thank you, Daniel Oski, for, for taking time out of his time in South Beach, which I wouldn't have done, uh, to hang out with us. Our uh, uh, sad New York. You're just you're just selfish and, because I took I took time out of my vacation to, to be with you. You love me though. <laughs> I love you. I, I come back True. to you, man. But anyway, uh, check out Greg's articles. Check in the long ball. I'll have an article out later this week talking about the Jets and their tanking. You guys got a little bit of a, of a preview in the last 20 minutes. But anyway, uh, let's get out of here, Greg, um, and, and do anything besides also listen to his music. There you go. See you next week, everybody. Bye, people.